0: We've missed you all. We apologize. We had some life things come up. um, And, you know, we just had to take a break from the pod for a while. doesn't mean we stopped loving you. doesn't mean we stopped loving this beautiful sport. We just had to take care of a few other things. But we're back. We're going to be more consistent.
1: We want to be here for you.
0: Honestly, if if we just get this pod up at some point during the week, it'll be more consistent than what we've been doing. As long as it's before Friday, I think we'll we'll probably call it a solid. (laughs) 1,000%. 1,000%. That's exactly what's going to happen. If you don't have a Premier League team yet, even though the season's pretty close to the end at this point, we will still gladly help you out. Send us a DM. We have a, we have a Google form to fill out. We got you, fam. And we for those a,
1: still waiting, <laughs> we'll still get you. <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll get you next week. We promise. That's our goal for the week. We'll get you next week. We'll announce it on the pod, and we'll DM you.
1: Can Yeah, we can do that
0: friends we got a few teams to talk about today we'll give you a quick rundown for today we already went through the introduction we're going to talk about manchester united i don't think andrew could have been any happier about this topic we gotta talk about those boys over at chelsea what is going on over there and of course Liverpool, because anytime Liverpool doesn't do well, we have to discuss them. That's pretty much our general rule on the pod. It is one of our mottos. And to wrap things up, for good things, bad things, whatever we want to call it, Fulham Express, all aboard. We love this team. We love a good promotion story. And you know what? We're ready to roll. It starts us off with Man United. Um, if I may, Andrew, if I may, may just hype this up a little bit for you, and then you can you just may. kind of you take may. this over. Oh, my God. What happened to this team? This team that looked absolutely in chaos, in shambles. There is a new headline coming out of this club every other day. Eric Ten he didn't look like he was going to make it this season. They had issues with Ronaldo, as we know. He's a ball genius, and I've been trying to figure out, is. is he kingpin? The way he's running this organization, so smoothly. He made some unpopular, controversial decisions, as we know. He's got that very hard, tough mentality, had to deal with Ronaldo, Maguire, or is he more like a Professor X? You know, taking some, shall we say, odd players with exceptional talent, and just making the team work. What is happening, Andrew? Please tell us about your team.
1: Well, let's let's take it back to the start of the Premier League. Let's be honest; we started out terribly. When we started the, the entire thing, we had two Premier League games, which we got roasted playing. It was heartbreaking, and then just to turn around in a full 180, Ten Hog implements his, like we said, his genius, his tact, his tactician, his tactical plan. Comes into this team that yeah was in shambles, didn't have a leader, didn't even really know what they were doing. Everyone was just in some negative mindset about what the team was, what the team was becoming. And he comes in and just flips the script. Signs one of the shortest center backs in in all of European soccer, and he is now one of the best at center backs in the Premier
0: League. Yeah, remember when everyone was like, "He can't play center back. He's too short." As if being five ten is too short. First off, he's not a short
1: man. He is above average height. He is above average height. He is, and you every single game you watch this guy play, and for those of you who don't know his name is Sandro Martinez, he gives 110% every single time, every single tackle, and I could not be happier with uh, this signing. But where did this team come from? We have, what, four new signings, and we are using the majority of the same players that we had at the end of the season, and they are doing twice the work putting in so much more effort than they were last season. Even from the beginning of the season, this team doesn't look like the Manchester United you saw play against Brighton and Brentford. Never a million years did I think the Manchester United would be sitting where they are right now after watching the first two games of the the Premier League season like at all. I would never have thought that we would be sitting in third position in the table. And I know that pundits everywhere are saying... Man United are not in the title race, but they are. Unfortunately for all those haters out there and naysayers, they are in the title race because they have a game in hand, yes, but they are. if they have those three points, that would only put them five points beneath Arsenal. That would put them three points behind City, two games. They are in the title race. Will they win the title? I've had some conversations about this. I don't think so. I don't find that City and Arsenal will drop points but that's for another topic. We need to spoke, focus on United themselves here. They are still also in the running for a quadruple. Like I said, they potentially won't win the Premier League, so that's one trophy out. That's still three trophies that they can win. Now they've already won one, but they can still win the FA Cup and Europa League.
0: Congratulations on, on the Care
1: About Cup, by the way. I know. First trophy in six years. In six years since Man United won any trophies. Which, and, honestly,
0: the way they talk about Man United, you would think it's been like decades.
1: Uh-huh, it feels like decades, and I know it's not it's the Carabao cup it's a it's in like basically an English only thing English only tournament Y'all
0: have too many tournaments.
1: everyone has too many tournaments. everyone has like at least two or three domestics I, I would have never said we were gonna win a trophy at the start of the season, but like, like we said, Ten hog is a genius. He's turned this club around.
0: You know what I think hurts you all in your title race? The rest is your schedule the rest of the season, and I don't mean you have a very hard schedule. You guys actually I think have the opposite issues. You're not playing Man City or Arsenal for the rest of the season. No. We have that sucks for you all. Because if you did, right, like that's, you win, you're taking three points every
1: single time. I mean if we yeah, if we could have played either of them again. But mind you what the first time we beat Arsenal, the second time we lost, I think we <laughs> it's the first time we lost to Man City and then the second time we beat him.
0: Yeah, so I think unfortunately I think that's hurting you because you are obviously, you're not just hitting your stride, you hit it, right? Like, there's no more, oh, you are so close. No, you are there. And I truly believe that's unfortunate
1: for you all right now. Yeah, the two games at the start of the season will hurt us in the long run. But I think – I was talking to a guy I met yesterday when I went to watch the Carabao Cup final, and I think that Man United are in an upward trajectory. I think that we – it is. It is scary, especially with the people that we have and the players that they want to sign coming up. We have the ability to like propel ourselves into actually like really good places. You're
0: definitely Champions League bound. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, I would like to give credit to two specific players of yours, actually. First off, Rashford. Beginning of the season, I was very critical of this man. He could not hit water if he fell out of a boat in the middle of the Atlantic. And all of a sudden, everything he touches is gold. The man is not on a hot streak. This is an inferno streak that he is on right now. It is incredible. I love it. He is he is a good player. We've known that the whole time. His issue yeah. is he couldn't finish. And for his position, that's his job. Currently, he has 14 goals scored in the season, which is actually tied for third. Holland, of course, at at a ridiculous number of 27. Uh, the man is a machine. Uh, one day we will talk about Holland and this Man City squad because, because he is incredible. I do wonder if Holland could have chosen a team where he actually could have scored even more. But that is for another day. Kane has 18. We love Kane. We have nothing against Kane. This man is as respectable as it gets. He's also as British as it gets. From his looks to his voice... <laughs> <laughs> the man is 100 british uh, kane has 18 we love him and then rashford and tony are tied with 14 and most of rashford's goals have come recently
1: he's got uh, he's got a lot i mean he's scored in consecutive games for a long time now i think he's only missed a, only didn't score one game in the last like i don't know 12 or 13 games yeah so we love him
0: we again very critical of him at the beginning but i think he has earned some praise. Oh, 100%. Ten Hogg is using him beautifully. And I do think not having that pressure of Ronaldo, whatever that was, I think that's greatly helped him. And because Ronaldo, he just honestly, he just brought more bad vibes to
1: this team. I don't yeah, know how he, else to describe it. I, no, I think that's perfect. I When he wanted to leave in the summer, I was all for it. I wanted, him, I wanted him gone because he was just not a team player. He's just about himself.
0: And generally speaking, at least in my opinion, when a coach has a my way or the highway men- mentality, if the team doesn't adopt that, the team doesn't work as a unit because that is the coach's entire philosophy. And if the team doesn't buy into it, if the entire team does not buy into it, it doesn't work. And so everyone just looks bad, the players and the coach. Eric Ten Hag, I think he handled the Ronaldo situation beautifully. He's handled the Maguire situation amazingly. McGuire, also known as Jekyll and Hyde, because when he plays for the English team, he looks like one of the best defenders in the world. And somehow when he plays for country, or for, for a club, he's like, eh, I'm good. I don't really need yeah. anything.
1: He forgets how to soccer
0: ball. And another player I want to give credit to is your goalie. He is tied for second in clean sheets in the Premier League with 10. Now, of course, clean sheets are a mixed stat. Because it is part goalie, part defense, right? Yeah. Your defense is playing well, making sure the opposition ha- can only take difficult shots or no shots. But also, your goalie's got to come through. True.
1: And yeah. Being
0: tied at second is great, and he's only two behind the league leader, who is Nick Pope of Newcastle. And Newcastle overall, we'll talk about them at some point. But I mean, their defenders are also like six eight on average. <laughs> like. Yeah, Any free kick coming through Newcastle's box is not going into the goal.
1: He has always been such a mixed bag with me, too, because some seasons he'll do incredible, and then some it's like he forgets where his gloves are supposed to go. Um, but as of – I think it was as of yesterday, he now is the, I think the top – he has the most clean sheets of any keeper in Man United history. He is good. He, like His talent is there. It's, it's very good, and I think he is – And has been an incredible goalkeeper this season for us what i will say is what you just said defense as well our defense has been uh, absolutely on fire this season between shaw coming back and playing like an absolute beast martinez and varan and they're probably one of the best center back pairings that is playing in the premier league at this moment i think because they put every ounce of Energy and every ounce of heart they have into every single game. Now the right back is a little where we get a little bit tricky, but either way, where, whether it's Dallo or Juan Pizaca, they're both playing great. So I think credit where is due to De Gea for having clean sheets, but our entire, I think, back and front, like holy shit. And that's
0: why I can honestly, this whole thing with United, they have talent all over the board, right? We knew this from the start, and that's why I kind of think Eric Ten Hag is like Professor X because. You have all this talent everywhere. You just got to put the right combination together for each game, for each assignment. And he's been doing it consistently yeah. for some time now. Back to Eric Ten Hag and Professor X putting this talent together. Every single assignment, consistent. He's He's been amazing. He is definitely your man for this job. He's handling the pressure of being a United manager very, very well. He has stuck to his philosophy Luckily, his philosophy is working, right? Like we had yeah. to say, if it yeah. wasn't working, he'd be out.
1: I mean, more than likely, but that's that's where things get hard because what are you going to oust another manager? Who else is left after that? To be honest, like who else is left to hire? Tuchel, cool. absolutely not. He may be a good manager, but I don't want him.
0: You don't want Waluigi on your team?
1: No, I think I'd rather have Zidane. I think I'd rather have him coaching than Waluigi. I think Zidane was a very underrated manager, yeah. but that's I mean, I think. Day. Yeah, that's definitely yeah, we can we can do a whole thing on him. <laughs> yeah. right. Either way, let's we'll let's wrap up United. Let's do it in two sentences. They're really per good. sentence. <laughs> Ten Hogg is a genius and he has turned the team in one eighty. They're going to do great things going forward.
0: And let's talk about a team who's not doing so well right now. I'd like to talk about Chelsea. Um I like to compare their American owner, Todd Bowler. To Thanos, but not a successful Thanos. He's trying to collect all the stones to make Chelsea a superpower. He's doing it at all costs, aka literally every cost, whatever it takes to sign a player, he will do it. Yeah, and money, it's been a terrible investment.
1: It what he spent, I think, the I mean, this is a rough guess, somewhere between five to six hundred fifty million between summer and winter transfer windows.
0: I think he individually has spent more money than like the entire Bundesliga did in, in signings like it was something ridiculous
1: it was a it was a lot i mean they bought two or three hundred million dollar players who are at least worth two. that money no like enzo fernandez had like one or two good games in the in the world cup and all of a sudden he's valued at like 120 by whoever the hell he was playing for somewhere yeah. in well this Spain. market is also ridiculous right like
0: if this kind of market was happening during like Henri's time zidane Ronald, like they would be going for a billion at some point <laughs> like yeah they would be they would insane. be those 100
1: million dollar men
0: it'd be like $300
1: okay like this they chelsea has only scored one goal i'm pretty sure since the year started
0: all right i need to talk about chelsea's like goals and everything else real quick all right are you ready for this this is insane. i am i I don't, they, their defense is still there. They've given up 25 goals this season, which is actually tied for third best with Man City. Arsenal have given up 23, Newcastle have given up 15. They've given up only 25 goals. Their goal differential is still negative two. How are you only give, how are you tied for third best for goals against and you have a negative goal differential? Man City who, like I just said, they are tied with for goal differential. Man City has a plus 39 goal differential. That is a huge difference between these two clubs. In fact, if you like, I went down the list for goals against, right? The next team on this list is West Ham with a negative goal differential at minus six. They're tied for fifth best, which is deceiving because there's actually a tie for third, fourth, and fifth. This is ridiculous. It's like Chelsea doesn't understand the definition of a goal. They don't understand the definition of scoring. It's either that or they just don't remember the fact that they're allowed to score themselves. They're so (laughs) focused on not letting other teams score on them. They don't know how to put the ball into the back of the net.
1: No, I'm pretty sure we talked about this early on when we, I can't remember what game it was. It might have been, I think it might have been the game against Tottenham, their first game against Tottenham where they missed just completely easy goals they wouldn't make create chances in the box they just aren't scoring and they have the talent it's not like they're they're starving for someone who can score they have so many people who have the ability to do so but there's i i don't i don't want to say it's a coaching issue because they if they weren't scoring before they got rid of tuchel mind you we both agree that they probably shouldn't have done that i still don't understand that the the, I, I saw out. an article that was saying that they might be trying to get him back. Whether that's true or not, I don't know. Because they just hired Potter, and they tr- they're they saying they want to give him time.
0: Yeah, it's my understanding that they fired Tugel because he didn't have a great relationship with the owner. With Todd? Yeah, that was my understanding. They didn't, some
1: reports. They, how can you not have a great relationship? You just bought the team.
0: I, well, I don't know, because apparently, like... Pep is, like, the standard for having a relationship with your board. Interesting. I think Ten Hogs should be the standard now. Yeah, but, like, you know, with Pep and, like, the way the Man City is yeah. own and stuff, like, there's a whole thing with the ownership. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is, this team doesn't know how to score. Do you know who their top scorer is? It's Havertz. He has five. I was about to say, it's the guy we don't like. <laughs> Havertz has five goals. He is tied for 24th. How? That's... Yes. I just looked this up last night. That's sad. That's sad. That is actually sad. You know Wolves have two players tied with him for five goals?
1: And where are the Wolves in the table? Sitting very near the bottom. So far at the bottom.
0: <laughs> Nunez, right, out of Liverpool, who so many are considering a bust, has six goals.
1: I mean, let's, let's be honest. He, he has kind of busted considering what he was supposed to do, but still, like he has six goals and the
0: I did see a weird stat where, like, no one has had more combinations of their starting 11
1: than Chelsea. I mean, it makes sense when they're trying to figure out something to do, and they've signed so many fucking players.
0: (laughs) Well, you know what? Figure it out on the practice squad. Figure it out on the pitch. And then, you know what? Maybe back-to-back games start them. Like, go to your grounds, inside the grounds, and figure this shit out. They've had two managers now, and neither one of them can figure out how to
1: make this team score. Yeah, I, don't know, I really don't understand, because they, like you said, they've got the talent. It's not like they're lacking in any area. And they're playing and this the, false
0: nine, which can work. We've seen it. Maybe this team just can't do it.
1: Yeah, maybe they need to actually try a different formation. Maybe they should play players in consistent spots. Maybe they should stop playing average forward.
0: This team, I mean, also, they have, like, four of the same player.
1: Yeah, they no, they legitimately do have four, four or five, like, the same exact person.
0: Which, honestly, probably doesn't help. Because, like, it's great when you can just sub them off and on, like, for injury, right? However, as far as giving your team a spark, changing the dynamic of your team, you can't do any of that because it's the same person you're putting in there.
1: Right? It's like they're almost line, they're, it feels like line changes every game. It's like, how can you get consistency with a squad and feel any kind of, I don't know, the easiest way to say it is camaraderie when you keep changing players.
0: You keep changing players for the same player. What's the point of even changing at that point?
1: Because if you keep hitting a nail over and over again, it might go in eventually.
0: <laughs> yeah, but they're like hitting the nail sideways.
1: <laughs> I know. This they have tried so hard to hit it down that they have just bent it into the wood, and it's just angled down, and it will never go in again. And the
0: owner bought a lot of new wood. He bought the whole wood shop because he's been trying to. They've been trying to figure this out.
1: <laughs> he did. He, le- he legitimately tried to erect a barn on his own, and did not go well.
0: Yeah, he set for- the barn on
1: fire on accident. Halfway done.
0: And then he had to go next door and buy the other wood shop and did the same thing. Like, this is. Havers has five goals. That is ridiculous. You can't win when your leading scorer has five goals.
1: No. And, like, to put that into perspective, oh, goal oh, groundskeepers. Again, Holland has 27. Rashford has 14. Some other people have 14. i been telling there he is. And Kane has 18. They, all of them are has double six. or triple. Zaha,
0: six. I wish he had more. He's a good player. Ward Prowse, six. Like the this list. This is what we're saying. You need goals. <laughs> the list of people who are above him. Liverpool has multiple players who have scored more than him. Arsenal has multiple players who have scored more than him. Brighton has a player who scored more than him. Like there are only
1: there are only one, two, three, four, five teams in the Premier League that have less goals than Chelsea do. Yeah, you can't win that by.
0: Um, I did compare their defense at one point to the mighty walls of Bossing say. And you know what? It's close. Newcastle really took that over, especially with their height in the back. But you've got to yeah. have some kind of offensive firepower, some kind of strategy, some kind of flow, open up the game, or, you know what, counterattack. Hold that defense, hold that defense, and then sprint to the other end and try to create opportunities. But they're not doing that either. They play kind of slow if you watch their games.
1: Yeah. No, they do play slow. Honestly, maybe, maybe just this team doesn't work. It's like they're trying to do a puzzle, and they're just like, nah, that's an edge piece. No, it's in the middle now.
0: Yeah, they're like, oh, we can change this. Let me change one edge piece for another edge piece. I'm sure it'll look the same.
1: <laughs> yeah, like I just maybe that's maybe that's what it is for Chelsea. Maybe they just absolutely don't fit with what they're trying to do. Maybe the players aren't. I mean, if, if you're a player there and you're not happy, I'd say I would want to leave. Absolutely. You, a mass exodus is not what a team ever really wants, but if you're not playing, number one, if you're not playing, number two, if your team is just not doing well, if you're not happy if there's a toxic environment, like I wouldn't want to sit and stay there because clearly there is something that is happening within this club that is not pushing them into like a, like a positive place.
0: I'm, I'm looking at the standings right now. Chelsea is at 10. So definitely they're, they're missing Champions League. There's no doubt about that yeah um Europa League may not be happening I'm looking they've scored 23 goals right I'm looking at the 11th place team right now Aston Villa they've scored 30 the team behind them has scored seven more goals than them Brentford at nine on the table have scored 37 and they have a plus seven goal differential Chelsea ain't catching up to anybody
1: no, definitely not. I mean, I remember when Manchester United had, like, a negative two, and I was like, oh, shit, this is going to be one of those seasons again. And now we're at plus, plus 13, which may not be a lot, but also we are we only have 28 goals against. We're still one of, like, the top, like, four or five. Like we're still doing decent on that, front. we just didn't score a lot in the beginning.
0: Bournemouth, currently 19, 22 goals, almost one off from Chelsea.
1: Would have been scored on a bunch. <laughs> oh my
0: god, yeah, the go to French was minus twenty-six.
1: And look, I'm not saying like Chelsea needs to just they just need to get something together. Southampton literally just, or was it? Southampton or Bournemouth literally just beat number one Arsenal. Like it can you can play good football. Chelsea just aren't doing
0: it. They're not doing it. They if this was like United, who was playing like this, they would be roasted every single day in the headlines.
1: Oh, 100 percent I mean we were absolutely heckled. The first just two weeks of the Premier League, and it was uh, it, it blew my mind. But Chelsea are losing to everyone right
0: now. And apparently, Graham, like the the club keeps backing Grand Potter, saying like they're going to give him time. Like Arteta got time, and like the thing is, I don't remember Arsenal ever being this poor
1: under no, Arteta. I don't, I don't. I don't think that they were. To be honest, I mean, if we go back in the Premier League uh, four years ago, they were in sixth or ended sixth, and then they were fourth. And then eighth, so that was that was twenty nineteen twenty. So there's like semi around the same. Eighth again actually in twenty twenty
0: one. Can you pull up the goal differential the year they were eighth? Eighth place right
1: here. They actually had plus eight. So they scored scored fifty-six, got scored on forty-eight times. Exactly. The next eighth place they got they were plus sixteen.
0: Yeah, so they were at least scoring. Like there was some kind of flow happening. They just had to tighten things up. Chelsea yeah. are as tight as it gets because nothing is happening.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's true. I mean, let's put it put it this way. Chelsea last season got third, third place. They had 76 goals for, 76. They're not even going to get like half of that this year. More than halfway through the season now at this point.
0: Right, like almost two-thirds.
1: But yeah, we're getting there. And they are not even a third of the way to those goals. Actually, no, they are exactly like a third.
0: <laughs> I, I can't. Believe, I still can't believe they fired Tuchel.
1: I know. I 100% don't think they should have. Like, now they're in 10th with 23 goals for Tuchel's probably just sitting at home laughing.
0: Yeah, it's still getting paid, bro. I would be. Well, let's move on. I don't think there's anything left for us. No. To, th- 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 we can harp
1: on that. Yeah, we can. Just like they're beating their nails. We don't need to beat their dead horse. Let's we talk can, about let, Liverpool. Let's, let's beat another dead horse. Let's <laughs> talk about Liverpool, shall we? So here's the thing.
0: I'm going to ask you a question. Do you think Liverpool is doing as poorly as the media
1: is making it sound? Compared to what they should be doing, yes. But are the media, I mean, as they always do, just kind of adding a little extra spice, of course.
0: Because at first I was ready to absolutely tear this team to shreds. So I was so excited when Liverpool was on our docket for this episode. And then I started looking at it. They're seventh in the EPL, which is not good. We know that. But they can still fight for Europa pretty easily from there. They're only yeah. nine points from tying Tottenham for four, and Liverpool has two games in hand. Which, by the way, how the fuck do they have two games in hand?
1: I don't really know actually, because I don't think that they're playing in anything besides Champions League right now, right?
0: Yes, yeah, so I don't, I don't understand. Them, how, no,
1: they. I think they still have FA Cup, which still. but everyone
0: does. Like it's, I, so I don't understand how they have two games in hand. But you know what? That's good for them. The issue is though. That means they're gonna to have to play like twice a week for a while because they're gonna have a lot of Wednesday fixtures and Saturday fixtures coming up. A lot well, of short strike
1: weeks. strike that they're actually out of the FA Cup.
0: Out of the FA Cup, they will be playing a lot of games coming up. Which, as we know, this team's already injury prone because somehow they always have injuries, as Klopp Very. likes to remind us every single day, every single day, therefore. The Klopp's going to have to do a better job at managing this team, managing their minutes, managing guys in and out. Unfortunately, they don't really have a lot of depth, as we've learned, because every single time they get an injury, apparently they all forget how to play soccer, how to play football.
1: It's ridiculous. Anytime they get an injury and they put someone on, it's some youngster that you've never heard of. I, don't, I can't, like, the amount of, like, players that I saw I've, or I've seen play in this season that I've never even knew was on this team, that's been, i probably, like, 5 to 10.
0: There are some good things for this team. They do have a plus 10 goal differential. They have, they are 6th for most goals scored. They do seem in disarray, but it's more so because, from what I believe, how their expectations versus how they're actually playing. Because they still have a very good shot at climbing back and getting that fourth spot. Do I think they're going to get it? No, not really. I think that top four is pretty Mm -hmm. locked up with Newcastle bouncing in and out. So I think there's five, really five teams for those top four spots. I don't think they're going anywhere. And you know what, Klopp, I think he's done. I think his system no longer works in the Premier League. I think other managers have caught up to him. He is a very system-based manager. He doesn't like to change his ways, and I—I I no longer think that works.
1: I would say I don't know. If, I don't necessarily know if he's done. If we focus, if, if we focus on the injuries, because yeah, they're expected a lot of, Liverpool. I guess the media expects a lot of Liverpool. If we focus on just the injuries, you can't expect the same things from this team with so many people that can be game-changing. Like you can't expect him to bring in these guys that are maybe part of the academy or the Liverpool's like B team. Like you can't, you're not going to expect these little, little kids, basically, to come in and just blow apart the system and play extremely well.
0: Yeah, that would be unrealistic. But some guys on this team need to step it up. Do you know who their leading scorer is right now?
1: I don't know, because I want to say something funny, like maybe it's James Milner, but it's probably not. <laughs> I wish. No, it's Salah. That eight seems goals.
0: That's not good enough for this team. That's also not good enough for Salah's standards. You know which, which other player on, it, on Man City has eight goals? Young kid, pretty much comes off the bench at this point. Phil, Foden, who, comes off the bench as we know. That's where Pep likes to bring him. Foden's very good. Talk about Foden another day. But they both have eight goals. That's not good for Salah. No. Uh, Rodrigo, who plays for Leeds, has ten. Nunez. Needs to step it up. He, I know we said he scored more than Havertz this season, but that was more of an insult to Havertz than it was a compliment to Nunez. Nunez, he just there's something wrong with this team. I don't know if they're just not feeding him the ball the way he prefers it. I don't know if he's not like a big poacher in the box where if the ball's bouncing around, he can just blast it into the back of the net. This team is lacking defense. I don't care if they're plus 10 goal differential. They, Van Dyke, Looks like he's getting exposed, or the rest of this defense is getting exposed. Did you see the corner the other day on their zone defense?
1: No.
0: So there's this video from this past weekend. As we know, Trent Alexander-Arnold, you know, one of the greatest defenders in the world. Question mark. (laughs) He was standing in front of the opposition, and who did they just play this weekend? I'm tired of saying opposition. Palace. Palace. Playing this past weekend. And they're doing zone marking on, on corner kick, which some teams prefer. I personally hate it, but they're doing zone marking. Trent Alexander facing, his, facing the opposition, the attacking player. Ball gets played. Trent doesn't move. Opposition moves and scores. Literally <laughs> only move like two feet in front of him. Like, no communication from one defender to the next about, hey, my guy's going from your zone to your, my zone to your zone. No following him because there's no one else in the box. So, really, you could have said screw zone marking because there's no one else here. This whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. Klopp, stop playing this man in defense. Let him play on wing at this point. We know he's a liability back there. you are just, what, happy when he makes a run and then crosses the ball into the box? Because you have so many players who can do that. And in fact, your entire team is made up of guys who can do that.
1: Exactly. So here's a question. I was looking at some of the, like, just scoring stats for Liverpool, because we talked about how Mo Salah only has eight goals. In the last, like, four seasons previous, he was... Every single season, twenty plus goals. Every single season, I think his high was thirty-two. One factor that I want to bring up is was Sadio Manier that big of an influence on his team? I think he is was. he does he like did he just feed people the ball that he move it around so well and they're just missing that or is it primarily just because they have so many players injured that apparently they just forget what to what to do every game?
0: I think losing him was huge, and I don't believe that he that money was respected enough for this team he it looks like he was the catalyst for everything their liverpool when we did the um breakdown for this team at the way back at the beginning of the season we discussed how they love to play it to their wingers in the corner and they'll either do an overlapping run or cross or immediately cross it in or try to you know dribble in for a few steps (laughs) that's just not working anymore and honestly the center of this team the Center mid, they're not doing well. It's very easy to break this team down now. No one's threatened by Liverpool anymore. Klopp hasn't changed anything. He is definitely no Pep Guardiola. Guardiola, I... The other day I heard, Pep Guardioli. The other day I was listening to an interview with Pep, and apparently he'll make a strategy and be like, wait, if the other manager can predict I'm going to do this because it's obvious, I'm no longer going to go with it. So he will make a whole strategy just to try to understand what the other team is going to do to him. Klopp does not do that. Klopp sticks with one thing and one thing only, and when it doesn't work, he cries and moans and tries to blame
1: something. That's true. Klopp is master of the excuses. He always has an excuse to say about something and someone not performing or not doing well. We just As as, as we've seen Liverpool play in the past, we know that they're very good. They've won the Premier League multiple times in the past X ex- five years, whatever. Maybe maybe that was only one time. Oh, yeah.
0: I think they've only won it like once. Klopp might be the most overrated manager that's ever existed.
1: 2019-2020, there it is. So they won it one time, they've got second a bunch and it was always like nail-biter seasons with Man City. But and then he's won we know League. and those two things have pretty much created an unattainable pedestal because like you said, Klopp doesn't really ever change anything. It, it, he need he needs to do a little little switch up, little change, change. Someone's got someone's got to give, or else they will not do any better. How many? They may, they may win one. some games in his like whole entire with coaching Liverpool. tenure. Oh, with Liverpool, I don't know five. So it's just a guess. Let me, let me look this up real quick.
0: So he's won the Carabao Cup, um, and FA Cup. It look like he has twelve trophies. Klopp picked up his eleventh and twelve trophies. With the Carabao Cup and FA Cup, and that article was from six days ago. I mean, they they had a treble in 2019, 2020, and then 2021 20, and 2022. He picked up his 12th trophy. He's lost six finals between 2013
1: and 2018. Looks like he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight with Liverpool, and then four with Dortmund. Yeah. So I would honestly I would call him overrated. I would say he's a good coach. He's definitely smart. He knows knows what to do. He's not doing it for some reason.
0: I just think that if we put him, if we replaced him with a different manager that has had the exact same success as Klopp with Liverpool, I don't know if that manager would be with Liverpool anymore. Because I feel that Liverpool would be like, well, who can we get to take us to the next step to actually win the title more consistently? To actually win the title more and to win Champions League. Right? Because mm. FA Cup, Care About Cup, those are all great. But we know that these big name clubs in the Premier League, they care about two real things. They care about the winning the Premier League title and they care about Champions League. The other stuff is just fun little trophies along the season.
1: True. I mean, yeah, like, silverware might just be silverware of some teams, but yeah, all people really care about is winning the league and Champions League, or I guess your respective European competition. Because
0: if you're. If you win the Premier League title, that means way more to you than winning the
1: Carabao Cup. Well, yeah, 100%. I mean, Carabao Cup is kind of like a roll of the dice because you never know. You, you could be playing some Tier 4 English top side that may not be great, whereas winning the Premier League, Europe obviously against all the top teams. So like that's what, pe- that's what people are going to expect and strive for, especially with a, a team like Liverpool. Absolutely.
0: So we'll see what happens with Liverpool. I personally think Europa is their best case scenario. If they can make it there,
1: yeah, I think I think Europa is probably the, is literally the safest choice, but they still have to play to get in the into that point. Is against Fulham and Newcastle, and we'll just have to see if those teams can hold out to the end of the season. But speaking of Fulham, speaking of
0: all aboard the Fulham Express, two two motherfuckers, and I have to give you credit. You called this in the preseason when we discussed
1: these teams. You were very excited about Fulham. Yeah, I mean, they've been they've been in the Premier League in the past. It's not unknown territory for them. A lot of the times, teams will come in that get newly promoted, and they won't do so well. They will probably get bounced that season if they don't win. Mm-hmm. That happened, I think, that literally happened last season, and I think, with a couple a of AM. teams. Hey, they're at least in 13th now. <laughs> so they're out of the relegation fight for now.
0: That relegation um, battle is insane. It's literally one team will win. A game somehow and they're they get boosted up like four spots
1: yeah I mean it's literally it's between eight 19 12 it's six points mm-hmm. and it's gonna all, be it's gonna be to hot they do they all they look all have to play each other by the end of the season Fulham are exceeding expectations they came into the league and they are absolutely doing incredibly well They it, no one no one would have probably put money on them being in the top ten let alone being in a spot where they can be in Europa League, where they can potentially get into Champions League. We all know that Tottenham likes to fuck things up towards the end of the season.
0: Always depends um, on who they play.
1: Yeah, but but I like I said, they're going to do well. They are doing well. I think that they're they have a very fair shot at Euro- Europa League. Like, I 100% think that they can get there. It's just, will they be able to keep players healthy and keep like a, their hot streak going? I mean, towards the end of the season.
0: Fulham is currently sixth. They have a plus-five goal differential. Their flaw is defense because they literally don't have any. But they're still plus-five goal differential. Hey, Chelsea, take some goddamn notes about that.
1: I mean, at least at least Fulham have a guy who can actually score goals for them.
0: But Fulham did just tie to Wolves. Wolves are in 15th place at a minus-15 goal differential. So they're... Fulham's issue is that they just can't stop any team. If Fulham had won, they would have had 41 points at the end of the weekend, which would have been tied for 5th. Let's keep things in perspective. By the way, fun fact. 41 points would have been the highest tally by a promoted team after 25 fixtures of a 38-match of a 38-match Premier League season. Did you know since I the World Cup? All. Since the World Cup, Fulham have the second most points in the Premier League since the World Cup. That's the most. United. Fulham has 20 since then. That's incredible. They have done very well since the World Cup. We knew that was going to be challenging for these managers. Having their star players go out, compete, and come back a little tired, a little gas. It's a long season. Fulham's done very, very well. We have to give them absolute credit. I was very interested who, which... Newly promoted team in the history of the Premier League has the most points. Right, like If we go back, it's a little unfair because at one point they had 42 games in the Premier League. The teams which had most points in a 38-game season by a team promoted in the previous season was in the year 2000-2001. It was Ipswich. A long time ago. Yeah, they had 66 points. Three teams have more than that 66-point Ipswich team. Blackburn Rovers had 71 in the 92-93 season. Newcastle had 77 in the 93-94 season. And Nottingham Forest had 77 points in the 94-95 seasons. So three consecutive seasons, (laughs) these teams had more (laughs) points. However, they had 42 games to work with. Fulham is doing incredibly well. We love their success. We love a good underdog story. Is that what we're going to call this?
1: I mean, I think... Any team that comes from the newly, like comes from the championship is newly promoted is going to kind of already have that, like, we are the underdogs because we were just playing in a lower level league. Mind you, when they were in the league championship for the previous season, they had 90 points and 106 goals scored. So, like, they kind of dominated. Mind you, they only have 43 scored against them. So, they absolutely tore it apart. So, calling them a full on underdog is kind of like, eh. But they definitely were not – I don't think they were expected to do this well. No.
0: We're thinking like
1: this middle article. of the table. Oh, yeah. 100. I would, I would say middle of the table would be typical for any like newly promoted team if things go their way because yeah, yeah. as we've seen, it doesn't always happen. No, that's a big if.
0: And there's always that chance that a team, whether they get immediately relegated or they're close to the relegation zone and then it takes two seasons to get relegated again. A lot can happen. Uh, Premier League is a very finicky league because of money. New ownership can come through for some team, and all of a sudden they're a top five team with a great goal differential. Defenders who average 6'8 in height. Talk about Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> or you could be like a Man City who all of a sudden dominates every single season. Yeah, a lot can happen. Just, but we're very, yeah. we're, we're proud of Fulham. Good for we them. We are proud
1: of Fulham. Yeah, and just to put, just to give that a little tiny bit of perspective really quickly, they were promoted with um, Bournemouth um, to this 2022-23 season. Bournemouth is in 19th place. So e- even they Everton are... is above them. <laughs>
0: yeah, they are. I hope that they stay above them. Oh, I I have so many, so many feelings about Everton. Be a Fulham supporter if Everton go down. I can't just pick a new team.
1: You literally have always said you're going to pick a new team. <laughs>
0: I can't just pick a new team.
1: I just picked it for you. You didn't pick it.
0: (laughs) We will discuss what happens if my team gets relegated. Does get relegated. Uh, We can have a whole episode on Mateo choosing a new team. (laughs) Friends, if you all have suggestions about what to do if your team gets relegated, if it's okay to pick a new Premier League team, please chime in. We will gladly take any any feedback on that.
1: You already know mine.
0: And I believe with that, we are wrapped up for this episode.
1: We are wrapped up. We've covered themes that we've wanted to talk about.
0: As always, friends, thank you for being here. We love all of you. Thanks for listening to Inside the Grounds. Please follow us on all social media. Please you know, reach out to us if you have questions or just want to talk about anything.
1: We'd love to hear from you. Can't wait to see you again.
0: Bye, friends.